seated, the rest of us. Now to him who is able to do far more, say far more, far more. I want you to know, pray in here, there's a heavenly, say a heavenly, anticipation returning to hearts in this house. Say a heavenly anticipation. There's a heavenly expectation that I'm aware of. Yeah, God's moving in hearts, and he's moving in faith. And he's motivating. He begins to motivate that we have an expectancy. Say expectancy. And anticipating. A looking forward to. Say a looking forward to. Not just looking at what my situation is, but in spite of my situation, I'm looking forward to some things. Because I got a heavenly anticipation. I got a heavenly expectation. Say that with me. Say, I got a heavenly anticipating. I got a heavenly expecting. And when God begins to do that and motivate our hearts with our faith, with what you're believing, that you're not just raw believing, but you have an expectancy that's added to your faith. An anticipation added to your faith that God's going to bless you just because he loves you. And he's going to cause his face to shine on you just because he loves you. Amen? And I'm awakening. I was praying the other day, or last week, two weeks ago, in this place on a Saturday night. in the phrase, heavenly anticipation. Heavenly expectancy. That means you start looking. I can't explain it because God does it. And Paul said, he that motivates you. And yeah, we've been grinding it out by faith. And I don't care how it looks around me right now. I still have that reality in me that's more real in me than what I'm seeing around me. So I'm not downcast, oh my soul. My faith is toward God. Say my faith is toward God. Expectancy may be a part of what Peter says the lively hope that we have. And I've been in seasons with God. And Psalms 145 says, he opens up his hand. Say he opens up his hand. And satisfy every living thing. And when you wake up in those mornings and when God's motivating you to have an expectancy, you get up in the morning, you look at... How are you going to move in my life today? I'm looking forward to it. Who am I going to meet new today? How are you going to show up today? Amen? I can see a lot of people need some heavenly hope in here. <laughs> heavenly anticipating. I can see it. So put your hand over your heart. Say, God, he's feeling it. He's got it. I want that. Give it to me. Yeah. Motivated. I got faith. I got the faith of God, but a heavenly anticipating, visiting my heart. A heavenly expecting that I get up every morning and say, how are you going to move today? Where are you going to move today? Who am I going to meet? And the psalmist said he opens up his hand and satisfies every living thing daily. Say daily. He loads us daily with his benefits. Say daily. And you need to get up with your faith and look out your window and say, God, how are you going to move today? How are you going to favor me today? Just because you love me. How are you going to favor me? I'm expecting that. You can't pretend that. Let it arise in your heart. God, do the work in, in hearts here. Heavenly anticipating. Added to the faith. Heavenly expectation. Where we get up looking forward to some things. Part of the lively hope that Peter said. We do the daily things where we're looking forward to seeing God move. We're looking forward to the blessings that he's blessing us with. Amen. Now, you'll believe it in a couple weeks. I know how it works. I know how it works. You'll believe it in a couple weeks. 
Yeah, you, you don't know, man. You got to say it anyway. Don't you know? Don't you know that if Joseph didn't prophesy in the prison with just those two butlers and bakers, he probably would have never got out? Don't you know if he didn't say it one more time, he probably would still be in that prison house. People look at me like, you're crazy. There's, look at these people. I can't help it. There's a dream life of God in me. There's a dream life of God in me. I don't care how it looks around me. It's too much, too real. Say dream life. Say I got the dream life. Say Joseph dreamed a dream. We've been talking for three weeks on the faith of God. Amen. You stay there. You stay there because I don't know how long I'm going to do. I'm just going to burst it out because I'm going to breathe a bunch of life into people. <sighs> I want them to get it, man. I want you to I want to run with it. We're running together in this thing. We're running together in this thing. Amen. Yeah. Young men and old men. We're running together in this thing. Not just old men running around. <laughs> Even running around. <laughs> old men and young men. Old men dreaming dreams. Young men having visions. David's joining Solomon's. Elijah's joining Elisha's. And the two walk together, right? One generation and another generation. Thank God for the awakening of this generation. Amen? Thank God he's awakening them. Solomon's to connect with David's. Elijah's to connect with Elijah's. Thank God he's awakening. Say he's awakening. Thank God he's re, say re, generating, re-energizing re-energizing the next generation he's regenerizing put your hand over your heart you young guys he's re-energizing re-energizing he's awakening he's awakening from the sleep he's awakening from the dead that your generation's life-giving spirits you're the wisdom walkers in this earth you're bringing light you're the Josephs in this generation amen you're standing sheaves, just like Joseph. I'm a live sheep. I'm not a dead piece of wheat. And Joseph had a dream. Say, he had a dream. Say, I got the dream life of God in me. Last week, I was telling you, we talked about elementary faith. And I'm pretty sure Jimmy or Arthur, they're going to hop on some stuff on that, leaving the foundational principles of God. We need to hear that. Some newbies in here need to hear the foundational principles of God. I'm always prophesying we're leaving, but you're not leaving until you're fulfilling. So you got to fulfill that. You got to drink your milk. Tell your neighbor if you're new. I got to drink my milk. Hebrews 5 says, the milk of the word. Say the milk. Hebrews 5:11 says, and then I want you to have some meat. So you guys that are new, we're going to leave elementary principles. All of us are going to swim in deeper waters, but you're not hopping. You're going to fulfill that cup. If you've never been water baptized, drink that milk and wipe your mouth. <laughs> if you've never been baptized in the Holy Ghost, come up and get baptized in the Holy Spirit, endued with power to undo people's problems. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good, say good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Quit thinking about yourself. Get baptized in the Holy Ghost. It's not just for you, it's to undo. Say, tell your neighbor, it's not just for me, it's to undo some things. And yeah, I'm going to be empowered with some power from on high. And we got some milk bottles to drink, say milk. And he said, let's leave, say leaving, Hebrews 6, the foundational principles. I'm just going to overview it, because I, I know these guys are going to come up with some stuff on these, on these baptisms. Remember the other week I said, leaving these fundamental principles? 
not laying again the foundation of, of the baptism. Say baptism. A mercy. Say a mercy. It means to be soaked in and to go under. Wet, wet, whelmed, overwhelmed, wet, submerged. Say submerged. In repentance. Say repentance. Yeah. I'm going to repent and I'm going to bear fruit in my repentance, John said. I'm not just saying, forgive me. I have an attorney of heart where the axe lays to the root and I'm changed. It's a repentance that produces sorrow, grieving, sadness, unto a repentance not to be repented of again. And I tell young men, you keep repenting until you're fruit bearing. Don't give me rhetoric, I'm sorry, and keep living it. No, repent. Turn it over. Yeah, I fell again, Craig. I don't care. Get up until you bear fruit, until the axe is laid to the root. That's the baptism of repentance. Amen? Say, I'm immersed in it. Repentance from dead works. Faith toward God. Say, faith toward God. Say, it's elementary. Where's my pipe? It's elementary, Watson. It's an elementary. It's a, it's a beginner thing, right? Say, the milk. I'm drinking the pure milk. If you hopped over anything in your Christian walk, pick up and drink that bottle of milk that he's given you. Baptism in the water, baptism in the Holy Ghost, baptism in fire, baptism in His church, baptism in His sufferings, baptism. Amen? That's the way of God. Say the way of God. And these guys, I'm sure they'll lay it out on another time, so I'm not going to spend a whole bunch of time there. So we're leaving. Say we're leaving. Not before fulfilling, because He said, if God permits. So put your hand over your heart. Say, I'm His son. I'm His daughter. And I delight to do His will. Not an option. I live by resurrection. What he says, I do. Amen? Say, we're going on. And everybody drinks their milk. And everybody swallow their meat. I don't care if you got to chew. Sometimes there's meat that comes out of here and it feels like a slab that you hit someone in the head with. And they go, boy, that was pretty raw. That's okay. Chew your meat. Swallow it. Amen? Say, elementary principles. Going on unto perfection, right? Faith toward God. Say faith toward God. Say elementary faith. Number two, the God kind of faith. Mark chapter 11, right? No longer are we just saying come down and crying out, remember? But we're doing the Romans 10. I'm going to make you work hard, Cole. So put on your, loosen up your joints. You're too young to have arthritis. Romans chapter 10. The God kind of faith. And I'm just re-educating. I'm going to go into the next one, which is bearded faith. And elementary faith is faith towards God. That's saving faith at times. Say saving faith. And the word of God says that faith comes by hearing. Say hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Right? So God came and he sent a word and we heard it, right? But how is that rhema that we heard birthed? says the rain was near us, right? We're not calling down. He says the moment that God spoke, faith came to our hearts. We heard something. But how is that something birthed out of our lives? Say, I'm a birther of the rhema of God. He says it like this. I don't, oh, let's go to sixth verse, Cole. And he's, he's talking in the previous verses in the context of the scripture about people in religion trying to do it their way by outward works and maybe they're even zealous and maybe they're even excited about it but it's not according to the knowledge that God's given say according to knowledge 
There's a way in God. And he said, no, it's not all your dead works. It's not all your outward works. It's not all your outward showings. The faith of God is like this. The righteousness of faith is like this. He says, but what the righteous, which is a faith, speaks. Say it speaks. On this wise. Say not in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Verse 7. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ up again from the dead. Next verse. But what does it say? Say, what does it say? How does God instruct us with this next level of faith? Not just elementary, not just faith and calling on God, right? But having the faith of God in us. Say, it's in me. Paul said we have a measure of faith, Romans chapter 12. To all, say to all. To me, say to me. Turn around and tell your neighbor. To you is a measure of faith that's in you. It may be small because you're brand new, but it's going to grow. Say, it's going to grow. It's exceedingly growing. Amen? He said, the word, the, the rhema is near me. Say, it's near me. How far away? Do I got to say, God, come down? Is he saying that? No. He said, it's close to you. It's very close to you. It's a veil away. He says, what? It's in your mouth. Say, it's my mouth. And in my heart. See, that's how we birth the rhema. Faith comes. The rhema comes by hearing. Someone spoke to you. The word of God opened up to you and spoke a rhema to you. And the rhema inspired you. And the rhema speaks in and shapes you. And the rhema directs you. Because it's God's life in his word. It's not just a logos out here. Say out here. But it's a right now word for my right now situation. It's a rhema of God full of energy of God. Say I got to go to the logos. Jesus is the Logos. He walked the earth as the Logos. And then a couple of men were hanging around him going, Hey, weren't you around here? I wish you were here. Did you hear the news about that guy who said he was a Savior and died? But I don't know what happened. And he's the Logos right here, right? And they don't know it. Logos, Logos, Logos. They're touching the Logos. But all of a sudden, Jesus said, You're slow to hear. Poof. He breaks open a word. The word breaks open a word out of the word. And it's a rhema. And they said, oh my God, it's you. And how your words did burn within me. That's a rhema, folks. Say, I got a rhema. I'm hearing it, but I'm birthing that rhema by believing it and saying it out loud. That's how I birthed the rhema. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12 that the church, that we don't worship dumb idols, that we're not mute, that we don't not speak, that we're a speaking people and a speaking church. You read your Bibles, 1 Corinthians 12. He said, we used to be dead. We used to worship dumb, silent idols because we were dumb and silent. But we got saved and born again. And we're a speaking people and a speaking church. And we're revealing and expressing his life and his rhema through us. Are you hearing me? Say, the rhema is near me. It's in my heart. It's in my mouth. God spoke something to you. I told you last week, there's a rhema going on in every one of us here. God's been speaking to you, speaking to you, speaking to you. What's that rhema to you? Luke 5, get out of the boat, try it again. Do it one more time. Is that the rhema you hear? What's the rhema? Because God's speaking to all of us because he's a living God. Say he's a living God with a living word. And he's speaking right now to every one of our situations. I can guarantee you that. Will you hear that? I don't know. Will you heed that? I don't know. Will you listen? I don't know. But I know when I was young and now that I'm older, that God's always speaking. From the womb, say the womb, to the tomb. Don't you remember that? 
The hand of God is on you from the womb. Remember that? David said, where can I go from your spirit? You are there. Where can I hide? You're right there. And then he said, David broke it open even a little further. I told you last week. And he said, not only that, am I amazed at that, but I go back in time and I look that you fearfully and wonderfully made me in the womb. A matter of fact, your hand was on me. Matter of fact, you wrote a book of everything I was to do before I was even born. Say, that's womb faith. And as you grow older, you're going to learn that. That God's hand was on you even before you were born again. To get you born again. And then his hand will never leave you. Put that up. I'm going to read it. You don't have to put it up, Cole. Let's look at this. I want you to get this. Bearded faith next. Say bearded faith. Womb faith. If you get this womb faith, you're never going to, you're never, you're going to change your life. One, Psalms 139, verse 1. Oh, Lord, you have searched me, and you've known me. You know when I sit down, and you know when I rise up. You understand my thoughts from afar. You scrutinize my path. Am I lying down? And you're intimately acquainted with all my ways. Say all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue. Behold, O oh Lord, you know it all. This is David. This is David. Say David. This is high revelation with David and God and his relationship with the Lord. And you've enclosed me behind and before. And you laid your hand upon me. Say his hand. His hand's on me. I want you to tell your neighbor, you've got to get this. This is sovereign reality. This is womb faith. This is the thing that you'll awaken to that never leaves you. He'll never leave you. Till the day you expire out of your body, the hand of the Lord will be on you. And David started awakening, and he's, and he's telling him that. He says, such knowledge in verse, verse 6 is, is too wonderful. It's too amazing. It tilts my mind. It's too high, and I can't attain to it. For where can I go from your spirit, verse 7? Where can I go, huh? You've been there. Some of you have been away, you thought, from God. But where can you go from his spirit? Or where can you flee, say flee, from his presence? If I ascend in heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, Behold, you're there. If I take the wings of dawn, and if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, guess what? You're there. Even there, your hand, say your hand. Your hand will lead me. And your right hand will lay hold of me. And if I say, surely the darkness will overwhelm me, guess what? The light around me will be, be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. And the night is as bright as the day. And then, then there's another chapter break as he's pondering. This is, say, pondering. And I want you to go to your Bibles and read them. And I want you to go to your Bibles and ponder them. And I want you to let God break a rhema out of this Logos and speak it into your life to direct you. Say, direct you. To encourage you. To strengthen you. To enlighten you. And as he's pondering and talking to God about this, the next verse in 13 opens up and he says, a deeper revelation comes. Man, you're with me in my relationship. You're everywhere I go. No matter what condition I've been in, if I'm in sin, your hand is gripping me and convicting me. If I'm beaten down by the enemies in life, your hand's lifting me up. And he goes, it's even deeper than that, Lord. As I'm pondering, you're visiting me and you formed me in my inward part. Say formed. You wove me in my mother's womb. Look at, look at what he's doing. The word broke open to David. He's like, this isn't only this part of your hand. On my life in a relationship. This began before I was even born. 
the way that you formed me. You knitted me and you put me together. I don't know about you. I, one day you're going to get it. I'm, I'm hoping and believing. If I'm hoping, I'm, I'm still in hope. I've got to get in faith and believing <laughs> that you're going to catch this. And I will give thanks to you, verse 14, for I am fearfully, wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows them very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made. Say when I was made. When I was made in secret. I was blown away. I, I, I was doing a funeral the other week, and I never had seen the light. And as God's been dealing with me about womb kind of faith, bearded faith, and and how real he really is in our lives. And, and we don't, we're going to awaken to it. Say, I'm going to awaken to it. Say, God, awaken me to it. And you're going to, if you're around for a few years and you're serious about serving God, you're going to learn some things and look back at some things. You're going to see his hand in your life. It's going to change your life. And I never, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16, Anna was talking to me and I was doing this funeral. And I never, I looked in the Greek and it said to Timothy, Paul said, Timothy, you know through your mother or your grandmother, you knew the scriptures. And he says, you knew them in your, in your mother's womb. Do you remember that scripture? You want to go there, just look at it so it can blow your hair back like it did mine. Say womb faith. See, because when we're touching the womb kind of faith, we're touching a sovereign faith. Amen? We're talking about a preordained thing that God had planned for every one of us. Every single one of us. Say every one of us. And it's just that real and he'll never leave you alone in that. In 2 Timothy 3, 15, if someone's there, he said, in your mother's womb, you knew the scriptures. I'm going to paraphrase it. And that word is brephos. Say brephos in the Greek. He said, you knew the scriptures, Timothy, as an unborn embryo. I'm going to, I'll tell all these people here. And he knew <laughs> in his mother's womb, I'm looking for the walls to kind of be happy. Brephos in the embryo knew his mother, and knew the scriptures. That's a spirit being that God created wonderfully and fearfully. And David's saying, hey, I got a glimpse of that. God, you made me fearfully and wonderfully. And from a child, that word child is brephos. Say brephos. Unborn embryo. I always read that. And from a child, Timothy was a little kid walking around. I mean, in the flesh. But I read it in the Greek, and it says unborn embryo. The, t the translators tilt. They got to put child in there. They say, come on. That kid can't know the scriptures and he's not born yet. Embryo. Say embryo. You were made by God. Whether people believed in God or not. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Put together in the womb. Jesus said he lights up in John 1, 9. Every man that comes into this earth with everything they needed, he made them that in spirit. All that you are and all that you're to be is already was when he lit you up, say he lit me up, and put you in the womb. You had it all. Say I had it all. Everything that God made me, everything that God called me, it's in. It was in your spirit before you were even born. Look at Jeremiah chapter 1. He said, Jeremiah, you can go there, Cole. Jeremiah 1, I think it's 5th verse. I didn't want to get on womb faith, but I'm there for a little bit. I'm going to get to bearded faith yet. Listen to this. Before I formed you, this is to you. Say to you. 
Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. Say, he knew me. Let's go one more verse up. Then the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, I thought it was something else, verse 5, let's go 5. And before I formed you in the belly, in the womb, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I set you apart. God put you together. Say, he put you together. He made you, David said, fearfully and wonderfully in the womb. It's an amazing thing that David began to see. David said and continued to say that there was words, that you wrote a whole book of words about me in the womb. Though I may have not have fulfilled them, they're written by you, of you, in them. I got a whole book written. You got a whole book written in you by God. Where are you to go? Where are you to be? Who are you to marry? Who are you to stay with? Where are you to preach? Where are you not to preach? Where are you to do whatever? Amen? That's, that's some power. That's some reality. And I told you that last week, all my friends, they're realizing I was six to eight. God visited me. It was Jesus. I just didn't have him in me. But when they got born again, they go, oh, it was you. You were the one outside of me talking to me, making me feel the sense of tranquility. And at six to eight, the sense of safety. As I'm talking, you know what happened to you. It doesn't happen to just a few people. Six to eight years old, my friend, his, his family and hostilities and, and that presence visits him. And then he's born again. And Jesus said, I'm with you right now, but one day I'm going to be in you. And now it's the same one. Amen? I know people, they tilt, but it's too rich. It's too real. Say he's rich. Yeah, God's, God's pouring out in our lives the prepared things. Say the prepared things. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered into the heart of man, Paul said. The things which God has prepared. Say prepared. To those who love him. And he goes on in the next verse. But God has revealed them to us by and through his spirit. He said, it's the wisdom that was hidden is hidden no more. I want to pour it out on you. I want to show you how deep I am, how rich I am. I'm going to open up wisdom. And wisdom's crying on the corner. Hey, listen to me. With all your buying, buy wisdom. He said, purchase that wisdom. In this world, he said, it's not the wisdom of, the, of this world, Paul said. He said, but we'll, we'll speak of wisdom. Not like this world. That's purity. Not like this world, but we have the wisdom of God that's been hidden in a mystery. He said, we know the deep things of God, Paul said. Say prepared things. I'm laying hold of prepared things. He's depositing prepared things for those who love him. The deep things of God. The hidden things of God. The mysteries of who he is and who you're to be. Paul said, I speak that kind of wisdom. Not as the world. The world's wisdom's philosophy. It's empty. Highest level of brain is foolishness to God. Say the wisdom of God. Your generation. Tell your neighbor. You're, you're my generation. You still have wisdom. Don't get me wrong. Your generation. He said, Jesus said, I'm sending prophets. I'm sending scribes. Guys who could write and express me. Say prophets. That can foretell. Scribes that will write. Writers. You got to write. If you're a writer... And he said, and I'm putting wise men. I'm sending wise men. Say wise men. Say I'm a wisdom walker. I'm revealing the wisdom of God everywhere I go. I don't care. People, they, they go to school and they get a psychologist degree. They can't even touch the depth of the soul that God does. You could be 
a guy that you have God and you're born again, they could have a psychology degree and the wisdom of God will undo, untie that problem in one moment. Not that degree, not that pedigree. The wisdom of God. The spirit of wisdom and counselor. Jesus has made unto us wisdom. I've seen it happen. I'm too, I'm not too old. I'm, I'm getting older. And I've seen the wisdom of God. And I've seen those graduates that, that come with their degree and aren't born again. And they try to do step one, step two. And they don't help no one. It's heady. It's empty. But the wisdom of God is beautiful. It unties the hard sayings in people's lives. Some of these psychologists, people got a demon. And they're trying to counsel that demon. That demon's laughing at them. They're saying, and you know what? If you just go back to your childhood about ten stages... And that, that demon is like as big as a car behind him, like, yeah, I'm eternal. you got to get rid of me. You can't counsel me. <laughs> what are you going to tell me? I'm telling you the truth. Wisdom. Say wisdom. You go to read your Bibles. Prepared things, they're unfolding. I guarantee you that. If you hang around God, those prepared things are going to start unfolding in your life. Those eternal things. Amen. And some of you new guys, you go, I don't get it, I don't get it. I'm just telling you, stick around, keep following. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. You're going to learn it. You're going to experience it. Jeremiah, before I formed thee in, the, in your womb, I knew you. I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I set you apart. Say this to, say this. God, you knew me. You called me. And you set me apart. You appointed me and ordained me and appointed me. You appointed me and ordained me a whatever. A prophet. A writer. A lawyer. Under God for sure. Because lawyers are creepy guys without God. (laughs) A doctor. Under the hand of God with bedside manner. There's no better doctor that I know than his dad. Their dad. That has bedside manner. That knows how to handle people. Took his education and took the anointing of God in helping people. See him at the gym every night and say, how'd your day go? Good. How'd your day go? Good. You know what? It's so easy, Craig. I'm over there testing guys and I ask them, have you ever accepted Jesus? They go, no. He goes, well, let's pray. <laughs> then he gets some, have you accepted Jesus? They go, no, I just want to check up. <laughs> you keep that Jesus thing. He said most of them are, but that's a doctor. Right? With great bedside manner. You ever get a doctor? I've been, in, I've been around doctors with Anna and, 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 and made me want to go back to my old sin nature. Seriously. Mom made me want to. Remember that one doctor? That guy was an alcoholic, mean, and they sent me to him for Anna, for her kidney. Said her kidney's gone. It's dead. And uh, I said, I went to that doctor, sat in there as a kid. How old was I? 30 something. Sat down in his office and he said, oh, I can't say what he said. H-E double, double two pits, is that how you say it? How the blank did you get stuck in this situation without insurance? And I, as a kid, I looked and my heart repelled. And I, I, and I almost went B.C. How the what? The what? I'm the Christian guy who moved all the way. What? I'm going to show you something, you old alcoholic. <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to do it. I was mad. How the what? My, she's, you're talking about a loss of kidney, and you're going to, that's bedside manner? I know he's an unsaved man, but he's definitely not called, called to be a doctor, man. 
the, na- the, the, the nature of nurses are, are caregivers. Uh, if you're a nurse and, and, you, and you can't stand taking care of people, you're in the wrong field. If you're a nurse and you won't pick up that man that's feeble and old, and you say, I can't, my pedicure will get ruined. I just, I don't do that. I can't do that. You're in the wrong field. But a called man, right? So called from, your, from the womb, right? Whatever that is for you. And I'll guarantee you, if you follow God, he's going to define that in you. Yeah. Let me, let me go. Okay, let's go on to the next verse. <clears throat> Sixth verse. Then said I, ah. <laughs> he must have been one of the Commodores. Ah, but then you came into my life. Just to be close to you, girl. (laughs) Ah, just for a moment. Well, (laughs) it's Arthur's fault. (laughs) Man, you're hurting me. I gotta get back here. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I'm a child. There's excuses. Let's go back to Psalms 139. Say, Womb faith. And I will give thanks, verse 14, Psalms 139. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. He's blown away. This is David, an Old Testament guy, getting this revelation from a rhema from the Father. Say, from the Father. A deep thing from God. Amen? A mystery that was once hidden to him, never hidden again. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. Verse 16, your eyes have seen my unformed substance. Say, my unformed substance. And in a book... We're all, this is the verse I was wanting. And in your book, say his book. Say he's got a book. He's got a book of life. He's got an ordained book with your name on it. He has an ordained book with your kid's name on it. And he gives parents insight. And he says he that picks a name, a chosen name, picks a good thing. And parents hear God and they name their kids Noah. Because God told them the name of Noah. Because it's an identifier of who this kid's to be. Justice is the second name he has. It's who he's supposed to be. God anoints parents to name their children so they can begin to see who he made them before they even know him. Hello. All right. Somebody just go like, I like it or something or do something like, like even a half a smile. Like, yeah, thank you. Because <laughs> if not, it is to me. Because what this does for you is know God's reality. He'll never leave you. And he's got this ordained plan for you. And he's written it in a book. We're all written the days that were ordained for me. Every day, every single day. Say every day. God's ordained every day. He, was, he wrote it in a book for me and he put that in my heart. And, and the Psalm, uh, uh, Solomon said he plants the sense of purpose in every man's heart. Knowing that God alone can satisfy that. You've got to throw that up. Uh, Ecclesiastes 3.11 in the Amplified. I need a water anyway. I need a drink of water. Ecclesiastes 3.11, the Amplified. I can't read that one, Cole. I don't have the Bible with that. All right. Let's all read it together. He has made everything beautiful in his time. I need to amplify. Pop, pop. One more pop. 
He has made everything beautiful in his time. He also has planted, say planted, eternity in men's hearts and minds. What is that? A divinely implanted sense, say sense, of a purpose working through the ages, which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. Say he can't, can't satisfy. It's God. Yes, so that men cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. A divine, say, say put up your hand over your heart. Say, God, you're giving me a divine, implanted sense of a purpose working through the ages, which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. I don't care how old you are, how young you are from your mother's womb. If it's not fulfilled, you're going to fulfill it. The only way you slow it down is to not listen to him. Because that divine sense will lead you. That divine impression. I've been telling Joseph, he's talking about impressions of God. Impressions of God come. They mark you in your spirit. A sensation of God comes. Don't you know, in the Old Testament, 2 Kings, there was a woman that Elijah walked down a street. And he walked by a woman. And the moment he walked by her, the impression he left, didn't say a word, was, that's a holy man of God. His walk, not what he said or did, left an impression. What impression are, are you and I leaving on people? Huh? What's your impression? Because you're leaving one and you're making one. Don't you want that one that you walk by like Elijah, don't say a word? You don't have to wear your Christian t-shirt. I'm not against Christian t-shirts. Or your what would Jesus do bracelet. And going by them going, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I love Jesus. Don't say a word. Just walk by them. What was that? That's a holy man. She didn't even say he was a prophet. She just said, that's a holy man. And I'm going to search him out because I think, he, I think he's a prophet and he can do something for me for God. Think about it, huh? Leave that impression. Say womb-like faith. And what, what you'll get out of that, and, and like I said, I was marveling at it and, and the depth of God and just opening up and doing that funeral and looking at God as an embryo. I, I, the embryos know something. They know, they know something. They know the voice of the parent. They know the voice of God. They know the voice of the scriptures. In your, as an embryo, you knew it. Don't you know that? How, that's how real God is, the spirit of life. That when, when Sarah, not Sarah, Elizabeth met Mary, the child leaped in her womb. It's amazing to me. And God knew you and formed you. And I've learned this, that his hand never leaves you. I've learned when I struggle and I try and I do more effort and I get tired and I stop doing it, his hand's still upon me. I know when, when there's times when I feel like quitting that his hand's still upon me. I know when I feel like I'm run out of, of, of elements that he wants to do or say and his hand's still on me. And that's, 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 that reality will keep you from the womb all the way to the tomb. And you're never too old to fulfill what he wrote in that book. Just pick it up. <clears throat> Sorry, Mickey Mouse there. Just pick it up. <clears throat> Continue to follow. See, I'm not talking about something that's some uh, Disneyland dream. I'm talking about something that's real. That I could trace in my life that is proven. That I look back now at when I'm 52 and I look back and I say, look at your hand. And, it, and it's not like I had to have faith about it because it already happened. And I want you to catch that.
Because every generation, even us, older or younger, we got to fulfill this thing. And you got to know that all creation is groaning. They're crying out. Our, our world is in a mess. Our society is jacked up. It's the worst that I think it's ever been. People are, they call good evil, evil good. They forge lines. They try to say that, that the wisdom of God is foolishness, and it is to them. But people in this society need the wisdom of God. They need Jesus, the wise man. They need the Jesus, the wise man, walking up to the White House through somebody. They need wisdom there. Amen? And, and then God's, that's why God's dealing with us and saying, hey, you got elementary faith? I'm going to take you to the next level. You have the faith of God, the God kind of faith, which I started earlier, Romans 10. You've got that rhema. You've you got to be a birther of that faith. You've got to take that word and you're going to say what, he, what I say. You've got to sense the impressions that I'm giving you, the sensation of God that I have for you. Because that rhema is shaping you. That rhema is guiding you. That rhema is identifying you. Are you hearing me? Say the rhema of God. And I told you, where, what is he saying to you? Get, throw the net over again, then throw it over again. I hear, I hear reports of people getting a rhema from God in a dream sometimes. Say he speaks through dreams. But it's still the substance in the rhema of God. And they make a decision based on a dream because it's so very clear that it's the voice of their father. Say their father. See, all creation's groaning, and you, you, we, we got to catch it. When God pours out this extravagant love, like we're talking about this morning, and when we want to know the Father, where are we to go? We got to stop being Philip saying, Show us the Father. You know, it's got to break his heart. Jesus said, Philip, I've been with you. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he's saying, I'm going to die for you so you can be in the Father, and the Father will be in you. And so. I treasure salvation and people receiving. I, my first year of walking with God was all about heaven. I thank God that I left hell, that I was saved. But it didn't end with salvation. The next 30-something years was the restoration of the Father to my life. And he said, show us the Father. And when I'm looking at the Father heart of God, I look at the Gospels, show the Father. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. The epistles roll out a revelation of Jesus on a whole other scale. But the Father, look at Jesus. I see the Father. All I see him doing in John 8 is going for a broken daughter and saying, religion wants to kill you, but you're, you're going to be my daughter. Go and sin no more. That's the Father? Jesus said I could do nothing, and the works that I do are the works of the Father in me. So if I'm wanting to know the Father, I can't help it. I'm looking through the Gospels, and I'm, I'm seeing Jesus because he's revealing the Father, and he said I could do nothing apart. It's the Father that works in me. I see him overturn some tables. I see him say a couple of woes and call people dogs and snakes and serpents. But I see a whole lot of his hand outreached to a broken people. I see his hand outreached to an orphan people. Don't you know we sing that song, sing you who once were barren, sing. Travail in the spirit and sing. Our husband Christ, right? We were a people who were not. We were once orphans. Say orphans. The closer you get to God, the more broken you know you were. I never realized, I told my friend on the phone, I never realized I was so broken. And the closest I'm getting to the Father and, and unveiling it, 
And I see how messed up I was in my thinking. How broken I was. And Jesus revealing the fathers and saying, here, bro, you're a daughter. You're going to be a daughter. Go and sin no more. It, it, it blows me away what manner of love the Father. And it's time for us to awaken as the church, as his beloved, to know the love of the Father. And express that love to the orphans that are all around us. That's what it was. It was Jesus said, I'm going to die for you in John 14. I died for you, and you're going to be in the Father. And where you were disconnected, I'm going to connect you back to your Father. Show us the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now I'm going. Where are you going? You're going to heaven? No. I'm going to die for you. And I'm going to prepare a place for you in the Father and a place in you with the Father. And I know it makes everybody tilt, and they go, no, I know that means that i got a mansion in heaven. Maybe you do, but that's not what he's saying right here. He's saying, I'm going to die for you so you can be restored. And you're not going to be an orphan anymore. And you're not going to be dualistic. I used to hate being so dualistic. I used to hate being so double-minded. Maybe this isn't. Maybe this isn't. Maybe this isn't. Maybe this isn't. Ah, he wanted to scream. (laughs) And the prayer of the Father, you know what he said? Jesus said, Father, I'm praying. All that you've given me, I've showed your name. I revealed it. And your words to them. And you know when you come and connect, reconnect with your father, the identity's there, right? But more than that, it's the oneness that you have. No longer dualistic. All of a sudden, you can make a decision like that because you, you know something with God in your heart. No more are you all full of anxiety. No more are you all full of worry because you're restored to your father. Amen? I went on a whole different journey, but I don't know why, but... Hey, you should listen to this stuff because it's not planned. (laughs) That should help you. Go listen to it. All I know is it's real and it's happening. It's a happening of God. I try to teach some things here, but it doesn't matter. And show us the Father, and He's doing that. And He wants many sons unto the glory. Amen? And people, I I, I love the salvation of Jesus and that you you get more than forgiven. You get born again. And you get eternal life. But, it's, but ultimately, it's that we grow in that whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We were a broken people. We were a people who were not. Judah sings it all the time. We were the orphans of God. We were lost without hope, without God in the world. And being saved from hell is a, is a great guarantee. And I'm, I'm so thankful. But the restoration of knowing a father and healing broken hearts and broken people, that's his plan. And so when you're in this house and you know, you start knowing the Father, that you're going to go out there and, and automatically people are going to want salvation because they're going to want to know their Father, who they were created to be with. Not only, oh, you know, you're going to hell. No, I want to show you the Father. Don't you, it says all creation is groaning for the manifestation of the sons. Why? That they might show them the Father. Man, that's what this thing's all about. 30, 30, one year salvation, 30 years of restoration. Christ being formed in you, whereby we grow in that life and call Abba Father. And they say, well, you're, you're groaning happily. I'm happily saying, you're my father, you're my dad. And all the elements were undone in me, you're doing them right in me. And all the things that my natural forefathers had that missed the mark and generational curses, you've liberated me from. And I express the very image of you. And people 
are, we're groaning happily and saying, our father. And people are saying, give us the sons that will show us the father. We're crying and they're groaning. We're broken. We're orphans. Show us the father. Amen. Amen. <laughs> That's the reality of God. And when you come there, not with your doctrine, but you come with your father who art in heaven. The beauty of the Father, come on. Behold what manner of love, come on. Who's going to resist that? You come with your four spiritual laws, and you come with your, your, your uh, sinners in the hand of an angry God, forget about it. Yeah, there's a wrath to shun. I'm not making light of that. There's a hell to miss and a heaven to gain, but it's much more than this. So much more than this. Thereby we cry, Abba, Father. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I never get, this is a womb kind of faith. You gotta get that. You're born. You were born again. Amen? For a purpose in Him. And He's not stopping. He's gonna keep going. Just keep going with Him. Don't you know that? And God gives you a rhema. And as I'm talking with your eyes closed, I want you to think about the rhema that God is communicating to you. Some of you have come back to the Lord and you said throw the net over and do it do it this way under my guidance. Others of us talked last week, Matthew 14, that we're looking for the rhema to us is a bidding word that the Lord's saying, I want you to cross some thresholds. I want you to get out of the boat. I want you to walk on some water. I told you last week, the threshold's even harder than walking on water. Getting out of that comfortable boat is even harder. But if he's bidding you to come, go. And sometimes, but he's, he's speaking to every one of us. He's talking to every one of us by the rhema. And with your head bowed as I'm telling you that, I know the rhema he's given me. I know the rhema that he keeps speaking to me. And I know, I know about some things in my own life that this rhema of God to me, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm drinking the cup with it. All you got to do is that rhema that he's speaking to you, agree with it. Some of you have, 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 have lost some hope and despair. Some of you have lost the dream, the dream life of God. Some of us have, have been, and listen to me, I've been in Saul's house where the calling of God begins to grow and the man hated me and wanted to throw javelins at me. I've been in that house. I've been in Saul's house, and we're all going to go through different things in our jobs or whatever with authority. And we're all going to be in prison houses sometimes if we're serving God. And that's where I'm going with this thing. We got womb faith. This is going to strengthen you now. The predestiny of God in your life. The preordained things of God. The hand of the Lord on your life in spite of your life. His hand that never leaves you. Where can you go from it? Nowhere. And that's what today's about. Whatever rhema he's speaking to you. And if you get that, you know, some of you, you if you're in the prison house, I've been in the prison house. And sometimes that one, you, you know, you have a dream. You have the dream life of God. You have the dream that God put in you. You dreamed a dream as a younger person. And that dream, that dream life of God prophesied to you. But through 10 years, maybe even 12, maybe even 20, maybe 30, 40, you start to lose the light of that dream or lose the life of that dream in your mind. But the dream lives. Say the dream lives. That dream life lives. 
So as I'm talking, I want you to, if you're in that place, let God make that dream alive again. Listen, part of the dream life of God and Joseph, and I'm not going to teach any further, but part of the dream life was the first dream that Joseph had was, I'm a sheaf standing up. I'm not a dead piece of wheat. No matter what situation, no matter what circumstance I'm in, I'm a sheaf. I'm a standing sheaf. Look, Dad, I had a dream. God dreamed a dream in me. God put the dream in me. I'm a standing sheaf. I'm not a dead piece of wheat. That's for all of us. You're not a dead piece of wheat. God put a dream in you. You're to stand with that dream. And then the second dream he had is, I'm a star. And I saw all the rest of you, all these other people falling down to this star. I want to tell you, you're still a star in God's eyes. Jesus said you're the light of the world. That's what he means. You're still bright. I prophesy it all the time. And God inspires me. And I tell Anna, you're still a firebrand plucked out of the fire. You're still a brand plucked out of the fire. Some of you need to hear that. You're still, the hand of the Lord is still on you. You're still a firebrand plucked out of a fire. Amen? Maybe you need to hear that. Maybe that's a rainbow you need to hear. You're still that, which I began with you. I'm going to finish with you strong. You're going you're to know things that you're going to do the rest of your life for the rest of your life. I'm, I'm beginning to know those things. Because God's dream, life lives. It lives. So sometimes you've got to rhema. Throw the, throw the net over. Sometimes you've got to rhema. Bid me to come. I've got to get out of this comfortable thing and get out there a little more extravagant on my faith. And sometimes, maybe like myself and some others, Craig, you've got a tried word. And you're not getting out of this by any word of a butler nor baker. You're going to get out of my divine word. You're going to get out by your father's word. And I'm going to open some things up for you. That's the rhema, whatever rhema that is. So with every head bowed and eye closed, if you got the rhema and God spoke to you as I spoke into you, if you get that idea, I want you to raise your hand and say, I get the rhema. <coughs> I see the hand. I see the hands. Keep them up. Oh, I keep them up. I see it. I see it. I see it. Nice, 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 nice. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. The rhema. Now I want you to stand to your feet. And, and I know that some of you, maybe you, you feel shy or self-conscious, but I want you to utter that rhema that God gave you. Say, God, I know that you're telling me to get out of the boat and cross this threshold. I know that you're telling me once again to throw the net over here because you already prophesied and told those fish to come over here. Whatever it is, I know that I'm in a trying situation and I'm not going to get out of this, but I don't care because I know at that appointed time, and I'm not talking about a redemptive faith, right? Say, now faith is. Redemptive faith. Today's the day of salvation. I'm not talking about that. A healing word. Surely is a surely word. But I'm talking to some of you about that preordained word. And God said, I'm not done with you, son. I'm not done with you, daughter. I'm not done. I wrote that in the book. I revealed it to you 5, 10, 20, 30 years ago. I'm going to fulfill it. So you're in a tried situation. So don't look outside of here for the word of a butler. Don't look out of here for a baker. But keep your stewardship up. I'm going to read you something. I'm going to tell it to you. Then I'll go there next week. Somebody help me. If, no, maybe not. Maybe these guys will get on some other things. 
But another day, Luke 15 says parables about salvation, right? The 16th chapter of Luke, it's a progression. And immediately Jesus goes, and he still continued to talk. So he went from salvation, say salvation, to stewarding, say stewarding. Those of us who have been born again, he takes us right to stewardship. Stewardship of our faith, stewardship of our gift, stewardship. And he said, I'm going to tell you a parable about the steward. You don't need to hear it about salvation. You need to hear about stewarding. And in Luke 17, he unfolds it and progresses it and says, here, Luke 17, you're a steward, but now you're a, you're a servant with this faith I gave you. And then in 18, he bumps us up and he goes, hey, this is the man kind of faith that you're going to have. That's that bearded faith I began with that I never got to. Say progression. Say exceedingly. Go put up 2, Corinthians, 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 3. And we'll all read it together and get a mental picture of that. Oh, it's okay. okay. I'll read it to you. If I can find it. Say, I'm growing. Say, this house is growing. Say, my faith is growing. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse, or it's 1, chapter 1, verse 3, I think. And he says it like this, we ought, say we ought to, say I'm going to, always give thanks to God for you, brethren, as it's only fitting, because your faith is greatly enlarged because your faith is greatly enlarged because your faith is being greatly enlarged church and the love of each one another toward one another grows greater it grows exceedingly your faith is growing greatly greatly enlarging put your hand over your heart say lord you're enlarging my faith it's not going to be just elementary it's going to put a beard on it it's going to have a womb to the tomb kind of faith. It's going to have a Luke 18 kind of faith. That when the Son of Man returns kind of faith, he's going to find faith. The kind of faith your generation needs. The kind of faith that stands in the days of Lot. The kind of faith that stands in the days of Noah. In the perversion of our society. That's the kind of faith that's man faith. That's the kind of faith that's bearded faith. That's the kind of faith that you must have. That he must come for. Thank you so much, Father. And Lord, I pray today that every person that was in the sound of your voice, in this voice, that every word that they hear begins to have more meaning and more fullness. And what they heard yesterday from you is fuller and has more meaning and significance today. And that these words and rhemas that you put in, hearts, would be birthed by their confession. I want you to confess right now. Say, God, I believe that you spoke to me with a rhema. And I believe you told me to whatever. And I believe that you spoke to me and inspired me and got me up from being a dead piece of wheat to a standing sheaf, whatever that is. I believe, God, that where I was getting dull, that you still called me to be your star, to be bright. Whatever he spoke to you, inspiration, revelation, Direction, strength in standing, 
Amen.